name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, he ascended into heaven, and it feels like he's farther away. It's the same problem the disciples have. Look around. Everything's busted. Christ rose from the dead. He conquered death itself. But stuff's not better yet. And so, we have the same problems that the disciples have as they went out to preach. We've lost count of how many folks have shown up secretly lost, but pretending otherwise, all the while looking for something, but feeling overwhelmed and very much alone. Let alone how many won't ever even come near us in the first place because they were ashamed because they are desperate for answers, but don't find anything but cliches in sunsets and pretty nothings that don't actually mean anything as they look for real reasons why. And we've all but lost count of how many even inside our walls cry out to God and hear absolutely nothing as they watch everything that they have turn to dust. So when the disciples came together, They met the risen Lord, and they asked him the question that they really wanted to. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You rose from the dead. It's all better now, right? You're going to chase Pilate out of here and get rid of those Pharisees? Is it time for your kingdom to come back to Israel? Is it time for things to finally be the way that they're supposed to again? And Jesus' response was disheartening. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. The angel said he'd be back someday, We've been waiting ever since. But we've got to admit it looks worse and worse. And he's still not here. I understand why the point of Christianity started to shift toward someday far off in heaven. It's just hard to find God down here. And all that's wrong and all that should be. We would prefer the God still down here? You would rather listen to him than me? I would rather listen to him than me. I would rather Jesus going from town to town helping out, healing people, like actually healing people. I mean, I've never been to Jerusalem. I guess I'd kind of like to think that I would move there if he was still there, but I don't know, would you? Would you actually sell all that you have and follow him? That's not in the book, is it? That's uncomfortable. It's easy enough to shake the question, though, because as much as we like the idea of Jesus being close, it's so hard to actually imagine him down here that Christianity today largely sees itself as post-Jesus. And we're still pretty embarrassed about it. We talk about how much better it would be to live back then, 
To be in the towns that Jesus was in, to be one of the people who got to hear him preach, even though the air conditioning in your house is set to 68 degrees all summer long. Still, we got to be honest. I fall short of Jesus as a pastor. There's him way up there, and then there's me way down there. I sin. I'm dumb. And since I don't think I can lay hands on folks and heal, I understand why you feel left out. So somehow, folks got to try and make it seem like going to church is worthwhile, even though the Jesus who started it feels like he left so long ago. And it snowballs this feeling that Jesus would actually have nothing to do with his church, that the best thing that we can do is gather here and talk about how great heaven will be one day, that pretty soon we find ourselves in a religion that actually doesn't have much to do with Jesus anymore at all. We look forward to him. We remember him. But the right now ends up being all about us. It only feels more pointless when you do that because we're looking for some kind of feeling, some kind of peace. And the best we tend to be able to do is fake it or find it in brief little escapes from the problems that we know are still waiting for us when we leave this building. And in all of it, we get the promises of the text backwards. Jesus says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. We end up measuring the promises of God by the signs, instead of measuring the signs by the promises of God. What I mean is, if we measure the promises of God by the signs, the signs that Jesus is real need to be real impressive. And so there are actually churches that handle snakes that are poisonous, that speak in tongues, that promise you if you really do believe enough and pray hard enough and, you know, give a lot, you'll be rich, you'll have power, you'll be healed. Oddly enough, the churches that do the most supposedly impressive signs never want to baptize your baby. There might be something to see in that. One is impressive, and the other is kind of boring. And seriously, I understand why people seek these great signs. They would make us feel not so alone. It's not even that we don't like hurting and we want a cure for our arthritis by some guy in a tent who slaps us in the forehead. But it's that if things really did get better, maybe there really is a God. The thing is, the disciples saw all of the signs that Jesus did, but still had to watch him taking up into heaven. The sign isn't the problem. It's that feeling after the fact that, you know, since we can't see God anymore, we figure he must have forsaken us. So Christ descends, but he tells the disciples, when I go, go preach. Go promise. Because the son was already forsaken for you. He has already conquered death. He has already forgiven sin, and he is risen. And our Lord ascended into heaven, not to be farther away from us, but closer to us. It wasn't to have less to do with the earth and all of its problems, but to actually be able to help more than one city at a time. For from his seat in heaven, he holds captivity captive. He rules from on high, not just to curb the damage that sin does, though we still feel it as a a call from on high not to pursue dangerous paths, And it's not even just to 
one day bring us to him in heaven, one day to come back and get us, one day after we don't need him anymore to rescue us from all the stuff we needed rescuing from today. The great joy of the ascension is that we don't actually have to look in Jerusalem for Jesus. You don't need to move. And you don't even have to look forward in time to Jesus. You don't have to wait. He is exactly where he's promised to be today, now, here, for you. He is in the preaching. He is in the sacraments. Our Lord ascended into heaven, not to be farther away from you, but so that he could be wherever his word is proclaimed, wherever his sacraments are administered, so that he could even be in San Antonio, while he is, at the same time, in Jerusalem. For wherever he is preached, wherever we are gathered in his name to receive his gifts, he is with us, even unto the end of the age. And so we measure the signs by the promise. Did your Lord not rise from the dead? Did he not conquer death? Has he lied to you yet? If Jesus' promise is true, if he really is risen from the dead, then no matter what things look like down here, when our Lord gives us signs and promises to attach himself to him, there he is. He has promised to be with you in that font. He has promised to be with you on that altar. Lord forbid, he has promised to speak to you from this pulpit, from that lectern. Our Lord has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. He has ascended on high so that he could be nearer to you in your need and actually deliver you the gifts of mercy that we are so desperate for each day of our life. Our Lord has worked far more with far less than gifts like these. See, he doesn't just want to arbitrarily forgive sins in church. We build these bricks around the gifts that he gives here. We build these bricks around the promise that he makes to be where these gifts are given, to comfort the people who are in need, who show up afraid and anxious, who show up guilty and ashamed. He gives these gifts so that we would have an identity not built in the pains or the promises of this world, but in the resurrection from the dead and the holiness imparted to us now. Christ has raised us up with him. He has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This has already happened because Christ ascended to bring heaven closer. Here. Now. For you. It's not just an escape after you die. Heaven is wherever Jesus is. When he ascends to sit at the right hand of the Father. And then comes down here for you. Angels and archangels and all the company of heaven sing. And heaven gets smashed into earth. So that peace would not be in Jerusalem if you happen to be able to afford the ticket. And peace would not be just after you die. But that we would lift up our eyes and see that our Lord has revealed himself here. And now, and for you, the ascended Lord is present in his gifts. Be at peace. Amen.